Here's the shout. 71. We're talking Dark Souls 3. But not yet. First, we're talking about the stuff you don't care about. Our weeks. So, Skippy, what's happening? Uh, <clears throat> I played a new game other than Dark Souls 3. And I had to think of it just before we came on air. And I was struggling because it was very forgettable. Uh, it's called Adrift. Uh, with a what's one adrift, instead Skip? of an eye. Do you remember... Was that that... Okay, I'll, I think I know Do you remember a guy named Adam Orth? Yes. He was a Microsoft PR representative, and he, uh, before the Xbox One's launch, he was making some statements about how great Always Online is and how entitled people are for not w- wanting a console that has to always be online. Those entitled gamers. If you live in the kind of place that uh, has bad enough internet that you can't always be online, then... Well, he wouldn't want to live there, so like, who cares about you? Uh, he got fired promptly after making those tweets and went on to make a game called Adrift with one instead of an I in the title. And it is a bad game. It is okay. a very bad game. <laughs> Why? Uh, the, the concept of the game is it's basically Gravity, the game. And it was being made around the time Gravity would have been, so it, it makes sense. But, um, and I like that concept because it's awesome. Like, floating through space and shit is really cool. The concept is you start and you, you, there's a bit of space station ripped apart and you're floating through space and you've got an EVA suit that you can kind of control, but it's a leaking oxygen and you have to collect oxygen and, and make your way through the space station and repair shit to survive, I guess. Uh, and it's supposed to be very tense and atmospheric and it is neither of those things. It's not tense because the oxygen is littered throughout the environment. Uh, in such a way that it is impossible to accidentally choke to death unless you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, and it isn't atmospheric because it's just a linear, like you're literally following waypoints. If you try to stray off from the waypoints, it will, even though you're in an open space, it will guide you back to the waypoints. So like you have to, you're like forced through floating fuselages and stuff because it's cooler to go through it than around it. And it won't let you go around it. If you want to update the waypoint, you have to go through it. Uh, It sounds like it's slug. And from what I hear from the Steam reviews, which aren't all that positive, but are more positive than I thought they would be, um, the first objective that I did, which is repair three parts of the ship, the mainframe and the computer brain or whatever, and, uh, and to do that, you go to a room and you press a button, and then the screen says, oh, these things are repaired now. Uh, And then it starts playing really, really awful... I guess what's supposed to be tense music that's like stereo and it it's like experimental terrible awful it, it it's horrible and it's grating and it gave me an instant headache and I was waiting for it to be over and it never stopped and I quit at that point and apparently you do that same objective four times uh, and there's nothing as far as I can tell there's not all that much that's interesting about the space station that you would want to like explore it it's just a bunch of rooms it's bad. It's a okay. bad game. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word it. for it. And the worst part about you, it is did that... Did you just say you should play it? No, you should not okay. play it. I misheard and you. The, and the worst part about it is that what should be the most fun part, which is like you're in space and you can EVA around in space, is so strictly controlled that it it isn't actually fun. Like It controls your max speed. So even if you're boosting forward constantly, you can't go more than like what is essentially walking speed. Uh... But you can waste your oxygen. You use your oxygen to use the boost. 
And so you can waste your oxygen just pressing forward, but but you'll hit the max speed and won't be able to go. And it, and it should be like, oh my God, look at the floating piece of space station out there. This would be tense. Like, do I have enough oxygen to make it there? Well, I'll need to go really fast. And you like speed yourself up and launch yourself towards it and hope you hit it. That would be awesome and tense. But no, it's not that. It's bad. Don't play it. Okay. Um, and that's all I, I have won't. to say about a drift. Okay. Um, well, I played a good game. I talked about it for a second last week. I'm only going to talk about it for a second more now. No. Uncharted 2. Oh, yeah. I, I played more of it. I, I was just at the very, very beginning when we were talking about it last week. And um, I, I played more, and it's really, really good. Like, it's fantastic. It is such a polished, tight little experience. And it's it's totally linear, just beautiful. The It flows so well, all the animations and the, the jumping and... It's just a brilliantly polished game. It's really good. Well, there you and go. it's just an exciting Indiana Jones kind of adventure. Um, except instead of like the, the scenes, the constant movement of Indiana Jones going from place to place quickly, you actually physically do your own stunts almost. So, yeah, it's a cool game. I like it a lot more than I remember liking the first one when I played it years ago. So I'm going to see that through to the end. Really cool. According to the chat, you're a lot louder than I am. Okay. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> all, right, all right. Point Maybe taken. stand in the corner or something. Here, of... I'll turn the mic to the side. How about that? That should, um, that should help it. Uh, all right. I've got, I've got two more things before it gets to video games. The, the right. video game, not video games. There's one video game. Yes. Uh, but I also played some Siege. Guys, I've, in the chat, guess what that video game is. I've, I've played some Siege, and uh, it's Siege. It's Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> uh I'm getting better at that game to the point where, like, I don't feel like when I die, I have no idea what happened to me. Now, I now I'm starting to understand things. Uh, that game's really hard to get the hang of, but it's it's a lot of fun once you do. But you, it also starts to expose like really really serious flaws in the net code and the hit detection and that kind of thing. Like, I'm used to the really polished experience of CS:GO, which has very very few problems. That is a very tight game. Yes, like it's even the even the few problems that it has had have been fixed pretty promptly and it, it, just there's not a lot of bullshit going on in CS:GO, but there is a lot of bullshit going on in Siege. Um so that's frustrating, but it's still a fun game. I I wish someone made that other than Ubisoft uh because it feels like they don't have the resources or aren't willing to spend the resources on supporting that game to the extent that it needs to be supported. Um but anyway, it's it's still cool. I'll still play more of it. It's got a free weekend this weekend, too. So if you haven't played Siege, check it out. It's worth checking out for sure. Um, or I heard it has a free weekend. And that's just conjecture. But, um, Guys, allegedly free weekend. Alleged, alleged free weekend. Rainbow Six. Uh, and then the last thing is season two of Serial. Remember the Serial podcast? I do. And you know what? I'll let you say your thing, but I think I had the same experience. Uh, season two of Serial, I, I started listening to it. Well, when it was first announced, it said, okay, it's going to be following Bo Bergdahl uh, as, like, an investigation thing. And I thought, oh, Bo Bergdahl, that's not something I want to learn about. Like, he's <laughs> – there just isn't that much interesting to say about him, yeah. I don't think, uh, or his case or anything really that mysterious about it. Uh, and I was thinking, well, if they're going to dedicate a whole season to it, surely they've come up with something that's, like, yeah. interesting. And then I get about halfway through it, and nothing interesting has come up yet, yet, and I'm still listening to it going, well, surely they're about to come to like some huge revelation that's like, 
interesting and neat, and 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 they never did. And then it ended, and well, I didn't not, even realize it. Ended. That's not how the first season was either. There was no like one episode yeah, where it's like, oh my god, something happened. Exactly, the exactly. The story itself was fascinating in a way that Bo Bergdahl's story is not. Yeah. And I listened to the first few episodes of season two, and I just stopped. I didn't really care. Good for you. I didn't need to listen to I, it. I was waiting for it to get interesting the whole time, <laughs> and then I listened to the last episode without even knowing it was the last episode, and I thought. All right, it looks like we're getting near the end here. I don't know uh, what's going. On. And then I looked it up and I went, "Oh crap, that was the that was the finale." <laughs> uh, it, it, there's, I've heard a lot of people defending on it. I've read about a lot of people defending it online, and I I completely disagree with them. Their argument is that okay, no, it might not be that interesting. It's not revealing anything all that interesting, but you just don't understand it, man, because it's expanding on these things, yeah. man. And I agree that with that to an extent, but that's what the first season did so well. Is that like, okay, you're following this really, in the grand scheme of things, this really meaningless case. Like, it doesn't affect anyone's lives except for the people involved. Right. Uh, but through investigating it, they come up and with themes about society and biases yes. and people's personal memory and, and, and how they how they that is one of stereotype the keys, things and stuff and that's it's so one of the keys to storytelling like one of the basic things especially for non-fiction yeah. stories like if you're going to tell a non-fiction story or investigate something you you need to find some kind of connection to universal mm -hmm. humanity and, and season one did that really really well yeah. season two it's it feels so like specific to this guy in the middle east and the biggest problem and, is like you can't really identify, put yourself there. Yeah. When we're talking about payphones maybe not being in the Best Buy atrium and you can't remember that, and what time did I make that? F That's something that everybody can, oh, yeah, I get that. But yeah. not everybody can identify with, oh, uh, the combat zone. I'm going to pretend to go missing. To be so, Jason like, Bourne. I, yeah. None of it made any sense from a motivation standpoint because the guy's clearly a little bit deranged. And they they weren't interviewing him. They were taking audio bits from an interview he already did. So you don't have right. that personal. One of the interesting things about the first season also was that the narrator becomes invested in a story to a point that is way beyond how traditional journalism would, yeah. would expect yeah. you to, to. And you forgive her for it. Yeah. It's, 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 you're doing it too. It's interesting. Exactly. And it's like, okay, she's, she's open about her biases and, and, and how she's become too close to the subject. And this doesn't have any of that because it's all just interviews with people who are tangentially related and then yeah. those people can't talk openly about it if they're actually like if they actually have good information about it they're like oh well you know i'm not going to talk too much about it but or or there's some nobody who's just saying whatever the fuck they want to say and and who knows what their motives are and it just doesn't yeah. none of it clicks and it's it, it was just awful i'm really disappointed with it i mean i didn't expect the, it to be the first but season that, again, but it was way worse than i thought it would be I'm still not going to count Serial out, though, because that format is just, it's a good format. Yeah. And I am, I, you know, they'll just keep, there's stories out there. Yeah, I won't, I won't count it out unless, like, next season they're like, now we're taking on uh, Julian Assange or whatever, you know, like some stupid, like, really high-profile thing that's going to yeah, be the same yeah. situation of, like, you can't actually The little stories are more interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay. All right. So Serial Season 2, not great. Done with that. <laughs> and, uh, all right, Giva Sunner. This is my thing. Um, but I'm sure the, I, I care the about general this too. I, body politic cares about it. 
Uh, Diva Sunner is back in a big way. He's now Siva Gunner. Um, I think that's... He's not like Million Dollar Extreme was when their channel got taken down. They just made a new channel and put it back up, and they made a joke of it. Um, it was a Metal Gear Solid 5 thing, and they released a whole Metal Gear Solid-related album of just Metal Gear music. It's good. It's really good. And the video announcing the comeback is also great. Um, so, yeah. Give us Sunner's back, people. He's returned. High-quality video game rips straight to your dome. All right. That stuff out of the way. Are we ready to talk about <laughs> You've Dark been, Souls like, 3? shaking this whole time. Like, all right, I'm about <laughs> I am Souls 3. so excited to talk about Dark Souls I'm 3. ready to talk about Dark Souls 3. This is probably going to okay. be like, the rest of the podcast. I, I don't I think there's any news love or anything. So. I fucking love this game. It is. This is a return to form. Not that the form was ever lost. It was really just Miyazaki not being involved. Yeah. We have now have a three, no, four game strong record of him making a Souls game and it being very, very, very good. Yeah. And, yeah, I think he's just good at it. And overall, there's so much to talk about. And I'd like to kind of move, I, I don't know, one thing at a time, just so that we can... I guess let's, but, I guess let's try to, o- like... I guess overall impressions first, Overall maybe. impressions first, and then I guess we can try to kind of follow, since it's a relatively linear game now. <laughs> like, yeah. In, in the grand scheme of things, especially the early game, seems very linear. But, um, so we can kind of move as you go through the game, if we want to talk about specifics. But uh, overall, yeah, I, I basically completely agree. I, it's different... There's some stuff about it, like the fact that you can travel between all the bonfires, which Dark Souls 2 Oh, okay. Before we get to anything, obviously there's going to be some spoilers. Yeah. Um, you're not as far in the game as me. How, how far are you up to? Uh, I just beat the giant skeleton boss. <laughs> okay, so there will be spoilers up to that yeah. point. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's probably, like, I think I'm six to eight hours in, something like that. Um. And yeah, so yeah, I, I do love it a lot. I think that it has changed some of the formula from Dark Souls 1 that I didn't really expect, or even kept some stuff from Dark Souls 2 that changed from Dark Souls 1 that I didn't necessarily expect, like traveling between bonfires um, and some of like the stats, upkeeping, and, and uh, how like the blacksmith works, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't really mind the stuff that they took, except I don't love being able to travel between all the bonfires, I think that kind of loses some of your attachment to the world so far. Like I've, they've built a really nice little world, but it feels like I'm just moving from place to place to place to place. And it doesn't have that connected, connected feeling that dark souls had. But, um, I do like the convenience of it. I would admit that that's really nice not to have to like run through a bunch of shit to get, to get where you need to go. Um, but there's some points where it's like, God, like the giant skeleton boss, for example, you, you get his bonfire and then the next bonfire is literally through a pair of doors. There's no enemies in between or anything. You go from one bonfire to the next, and then it's like it, it's like well, there wasn't a lot of thought put in some of it. Uh, I, you were just kind of thrown down. Having played much more of it, maybe even three times as much, I I have to disagree with that. Um, I I do think that you do lose some of that sense of connection. Mm-hmm. But overall, the bonfire and shortcut placements have been very well considered. Um, they they have the the bloodborne design philosophy which had way fewer lamps and you didn't even use them to heal they were basically checkpoints and um that game was very very shortcut heavy which i think is ideally how you want these games to play yeah. where you're just moving through the world naturally yeah. and they definitely do that there were a, a more than a handful of moments where i open a door and i'm like oh i'm back here 
That's great. I haven't had that, but I think it's because I've come to expect it so much that I like, I'm kind of keeping track of where I am. And like, like I, you get to a church and there's a, some doors that you can't open from this side. It's like, okay, well, I'll have to wait until I can open it from that side. And then I get to the doors on the other side and I'm like, okay, here we are. And I, I expect it. And I, I, sometimes I even keep track of like, okay, there's the steeple of the church and here I'm coming back to it. Like I, I've been very like aware of my surroundings to the point that I don't get that surprise, but that's, that's not the game's fault. If you played through Dark Souls expecting that to be a mechanic, yeah, you know, then you wouldn't be surprised either from that. So you know it's coming, but it's it's done. Okay, I think the chapel is one of the the worst examples of of shortcut placement. You kind of have that one room, and you have three doors. Yeah. And like okay, they're all going to connect back here. That is not actually the case in the rest. Sure. Um, they're they're more subtle as it goes on, which I've been very surprised by. This is my, like, the most unexpected thing for me is how consistent the quality has been through the entire game. Um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty close to the end right now. I'm not, I'd say, at the end yet, but I think I'm coming up on it. Yeah. And there is no Lost Isolith. There is no Bed of Chaos. It is a solid, rock-solid game all the way through to the end. And it's not just that the uh, the lows are higher now. I think the highs are higher, too. I won't mention anything. Yeah. but And I know that recency bias is a thing. But there is a boss that I think is clearly the best boss in the whole series. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to say that. Um, yeah, I agree that... Uh... As far as I've played, it's been entirely consistent, like consistently good. It's just there's been no area where I roll my eyes and say I just want to get through this. Every area I've wanted to explore, every nook and cranny, yep. and it's been easier, but only because I think I have experience with Dark Souls one and two enough that like right. I'm You're good better. at the game now. You know, I, I, it's easier to get through not not because the game's easier, but because I'm better and. Like my biggest problem with Dark Souls One was not being able, not knowing about how upgrades worked and that kind of thing, and how stats worked. So I was just constantly gimped the whole time. Like probably for the first half of the game, I was using weapons I shouldn't have been using and that kind of thing. But uh, now that I, is an essential part of the Dark Souls. Yeah, experience. and I didn't know it was. I was just like, oh, a blacksmith. Well, I don't know what any of this shit means. Like, what the fuck yep. does any of this mean? I don't want to look it up because people told me not to look things up. So I'm just gonna go and move on, and hopefully this stuff <laughs> will be explained. And it never was. And that's one of my criticism of dark souls one that that the the sequels have all done better than that um i i think that that's an unnecessary uh opaqueness <laughs> but um but yeah, yeah it's it, it's uh it's it's consistently good and even great um and there's only been two times where i've been like frustrated but by the time i got through I, I was you appreciated in retrospect. The only thing I didn't like, I didn't like the skeleton boss, and we'll we'll go into detail later, I guess. But like, I thought he was not a very good boss. I love the skeleton I, boss. I thought he was not a very good boss, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll go into detail because we might as well. But uh, for now, that was that was one of my that was my definitely my least favorite part of the game so far. Um, and I was frustrated at the time with the abyss watchers, but I do think that they're one of the best bosses of the series. Yes, but that doesn't change the fact that. Fuck multiple enemies, fuck no, multiple health bars, no. and fuck stun walks. That was Okay, let's talk about the Abyss Watchers right now. All right, why let's talk well. about the Abyss Watchers. Okay, so, the Abyss Watchers, fucking amazing. One of the best fights in the whole series. It's top cool. ten in the series, maybe even top five. Like, really cool. 
Because you got, okay, you come into the arena, you see two of them fighting, and one wins. And you're just like, I'm going to take that guy on. And then more of them start to rise up from the just pile of dead Abyss Watchers everywhere. And then you realize, like, okay, they must just be fighting each other endlessly in this room. And then, of course, there's multiple of them. Ooh, it's big scary. But if you back up for a second, they just continue fighting each other. And I use that to my advantage. I let them fight each other, and I I pick the main one. You and have to. Like, hack, you're supposed to. Yeah. That's that's amazing. It's it's great. It's cool. And then, and then that's not the whole fight. It's not just a gimmick. Once you get the guy down enough, then all the blood comes out of all of them and converges onto that one point. And now he's a fucking badass. Now he moves like Artorius, yeah. and it's this intense, fast one-on-one fight where you don't have room to breathe and jesus christ that is an amazing amazing fight very very well done so let me tell you like my experience with it which was uh first my first time i got obliterated because i just didn't know his moveset and stuff and i was trying to block and i shouldn't have been trying to block um and so i was like all right whatever you know that happens sometimes with bosses it's just like i haven't learned how to do it so the second time i was like dodging and stuff and I was kind of going, okay, now I'm uh, I'm getting the hang of it. And then I get stabbed in the back by the second guy without even knowing he was there at all, like that he would come up. I was expecting there to be add-ons because of the way it started, but like I, I, I just got stabbed in the back and I couldn't do anything because by the time he's done hitting me, then the main guy's hitting me again and I died. And then the third time I'm like, okay, I got to expect that other guy to get there first. So I got to do as much damage to this first guy as I can before the second guy shows up and then I'll see if I can kill that second guy to focus back on the first guy. And I just kept dying, trying to kill, trying to do as much damage as possible early on because I expected there to be ads and ads and ads, like for there to be more and more because the first time the third guy showed up, you were expecting shitty dark souls two design. I guess the, the first and what time you got was good. Yeah, design. The first time the third guy showed up, it seemed like he was just attacking me. I guess he was getting through me to attack his, his buddies. But I was in the way, so I died from that. And I was—I just expected yeah. him to be another add-on. I didn't realize that he was. So I spent—I I, not a ton. Like I, I only spent probably a total of a couple hours on the ball. Not even that, probably. Um, but I think that's that's a failing of you. They showed you them fighting. No, because they showed you them fighting each other. And I was waiting scene. for that to happen, and it didn't happen to me because when that that second guy never fights the first guy ever. But. So, yeah, he does. So when, no, he, he never did for me. He yeah, literally he, never did for me. He does. It's the third guy who has red eyes who attacks both of them. They they all attack each other. I, I never had I a just, second I guy just, attack the I first. tried just backing up to the edge of the room, and they all were just clumped together fighting each other. I They will they will ignore you. I never really. never experienced that. And so that's, I did. so that's what brings me to my point, though, which is that when you add multiple enemies in the equation, you add a level of uh, chance that drives me fucking insane because it's like sometimes if they're both attacking you there's literally nothing you can do if if you get hit in the wrong way and they're doing the wrong patterns you're dead you can't dodge out of it because if you dodge the first guy's attack then the second guy's attack hits you and then you're stun locked so that well that fucking i i hated it because sometimes i'd get through there full health bar never had to use the estus flask and then i was ready for the the second fight like that was one of the first times i got through it i was like okay this is going to be easy and then the second fight, I did. I, he changed his move set in a way, and I I died from like one or two moves <laughs> instantly. But that's fine. That's how bosses work. 
But then my experience was, I died the first time in the first phase with the multiples. The second time, I let them fight each other, and then I died to the one on one, and then the third time I won. It was just a beautiful, clean experience. It was amazing. And I, it I've was read about a lot of other people having that same experience blast, with it. A blast to play. But they've added an element of chance that, for me, fucked me over, and it didn't feel like my and, fault. You know, there's more, just the minor spoiler, there's a couple other enemy bosses that do that, have multiples, but every one of them is not just you in an arena with many enemies. There is always a way to avoid a direct confrontation with multiple enemies. It's not like that, I forget what the name of the boss was in Dark Souls 2, but it was like the abyss thing with the wings and it made two of itself. Mm-hmm. And um, which you just I had, had no to fight two at that point <laughs> for some reason. Sometimes I, just I had a lot of trouble with that because because that there's just two and you have to fight them both. Yeah. And but this there's one boss and I won't say specifics about it. But then you can start to use like the arena itself to your advantage to to try to manage what you're dealing with. And um, overall, the bosses have been very well considered. They they don't throw multiples at you without some kind of, I don't know what you would call it, but some kind of element of the fight that you can use to your advantage. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that because I've got one more boss to complain about. But let's 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 go back to the beginning and let's... Okay. I mean, I don't necessarily want to that go into good. detail and through the whole game. I don't know. I don't know how to do this, but... Um, no, this, I think The first works. impression, though, of that game is so good. That first yes. boss is so good. And he's yeah. easy... But not in a way that's like bad. It's like you right. still feel like you championed because you get halfway through his health bar goes halfway down and he fucking turns into this thing, explodes yeah. into this twisting mess of and suddenly darkness, you have no fucking it's... idea how to deal with it. And exactly, that's so cool. it's um, great. And what I love is that this game doesn't reuse any of the because all these games have a gimmick at the start. There's always some early game challenge that surprises you. Yeah. In Demon Souls, it was walking into a room with a huge boss mm-hmm. that's supposed to kill you. And unless you really know what you're doing, you are going to die. Um, in Dark Souls, the Asylum Demon drops down and you run away. In Bloodborne, there's a wolf there that's supposed to kill you. Um, but this time, they don't do any of that. It was a unique little twist. I liked it. And then immediately after that, you go to Firelink Shrine. That was a great moment. Because Dark Souls 2 tried to do the mysterious, vague sequel where you're in Majula in a different kingdom and it's just, it's not the same world, but it's sort I of I mean, is. in its defense, and, it tried to make it its own thing. It just wasn't yeah, an interesting thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, and plus, it doesn't feel authentic, really. No. Well, yeah, because you knew it wasn't... It might just be because it wasn't able to deliver on it credibly, yeah. but... I think what I one of the things I really like about this game, and it continues, of course, as the game goes on, is that it feels like a, a true sequel to Dark Souls 1 in the best way, to the point where Dark Souls 1 is now the mythology. And you walk into, literally, Firelink Shrine, and the first thought when you go in there is like, is this, is this the same place? Oh my god, it's so different, and does it actually work this, you know? Yeah. And... And that that same sort of 
style of building on the original is continued. And I, I dare not say anything else. But so other than Firelink Shrine being called Firelink Shrine, though, it's more like Dark Souls two than one with the firekeeper that you talk to that says the same shit over and over. No, I don't no, like no, that. No, I, I, but... no, that that well, that okay. The minor I mean, trouble yeah, that's, that's that Matthew totally... Matos has pointed out, which is that you have to talk to her before going to the level up instead of just letting her talk over the level up screen. That I agree with. Yeah, I mean, but whatever. But overall, it Dark Souls two was trying to do Demon Souls. With its hub. Mm-hmm. And this game, I think, does the Demon Souls angle way better than Dark Souls 2 did. Because, the, okay, the problem... Firelink was great because it was a connected part of the world and you had to actually physically go back there. But at the same time, I really never found much of a reason to go back there. It didn't feel like a hub for me. It did for I me. Knew it was. I knew it was supposed to be, but I never, like, returned to Firelink... Just to relax or something, had, or get stuff if done. If you upgraded that that uh, the Estus flasks at that fire, then then you could use it as like a a boost for if you wanted ten Estus flasks and that kind of yeah. thing. So the, I, I yeah, ended up I know. going back there sometimes if I was struggling with a boss or something, and and then uh, there were you know NPCs and stuff that I knew would would be there. And yeah, I, I would go. But back still, to it doesn't. It's not to me at least. It wasn't that compelling a home base. Majula in Dark Souls 2 was, but only because it had to be. I, this time, I think they did the best of everything, where the NPCs move through Firelink dynamically. There is a lot to do there. You buy things, you upgrade your equipment, and you level up there. They've managed to keep me coming back to Firelink and wanting to keep come back, coming back to Firelink. And plus, there's interesting stuff around Firelink yeah. that you can do. And most of it you probably haven't done yet. I've done everything so, in Firelink. Um, uh, everything? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've, I, I can't. There's no other areas that I could explore. Um, but uh, I, I, I disagree. I don't like it as much as Dark. I like Dark Souls One Firelink, and actually for the reason you said, which is that it doesn't feel like a safe haven. Like it doesn't feel like a home base that you can relax at. You you use it as a hub and that kind of thing. But I I like that you. It doesn't feel like home. Nothing in that game feels like home. You know, like it's all you're. It's it's the truest form of an adventure. You're in a foreign land, and you you're safe in Firelink Shrine, but it, it's not like it, there's still enemies fifty feet away. And if you want to go to the blacksmith, you have to go through enemies. And I like that about it because it feels it feels like Dark Souls. It feels like a it, that's part of the personality of the game is this kind of oppressive feeling. Um, and I. I I'm not saying that Dark Souls 3 has to be that way. Uh, I, I won't say anything else here because it'll spoil. Sure, but but uh, it, it's I like that about Dark Souls 1 more. I like Firelink Shrine. I don't like the way that... Uh, I liked Bloodborne's hub, and that was really more like Demon's Souls because you're going from like... That's a totally, zone. yeah, disconnected. Place. But um, but all, all I will say is that I think you're wrong, <laughs> and I have a good reason to think that you're wrong. And we'll talk about it when I get farther through the game, I guess. Yeah, probably next week. Yeah. Um, but so far, that's... Uh, yeah, I, Dark Souls 1 as as a world, I like a lot better than, than 3. But I don't dislike 3. Uh, it's just different. True. Um, it doesn't one, have the personality that I think 1 has. <clears throat> one of the things that the first one did very well was make, make it feel like a kingdom that you were exploring from the bottom up. Yeah. This one of the things I find interesting is that you start from the top and you move down. Yeah. And then of course 
I mean, I don't think this is a spoiler. You'll go back up. Oh, no, that's definitely not, not yeah. a spoiler. I, I could tell. It's and cool, that though. Trip, that trip is very, very well done. Yeah. And it does, I think, by the end, they've built a very credible world. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. I like that uh, they, they turn a lot of stuff, like your expectations and stuff, on, on, on your head a little bit, where it, essentially the way that this game moves, you're going from Anorlando down to Sin's Fortress and through, you know, like you're kind of going backwards um, because it's that same kind of cutscene where like the, the things grab you and fly you over to yeah. the next area. And you're going from a well-lit high kingdom down to the dregs. And it's, it, it's cool that that's just a, yeah, I mean, it's a minor thing, but it's just backwards. And that's, that's kind of neat. Uh, and it, it creates a totally different feeling because it's like, <laughs> you, you get used to that, that well-lit place. You go down to the undead, uh, village, which is really run down looking and rustic, yeah. and, and then you go deeper into the actual woods, and it gets darker. And then when you're down in the swamp, it's completely dark through like the coverage of the trees. And the coolest part to me, actually one of my favorite parts of the game, was just climbing up that big ladder onto part of the bridge where you go above the treetops, and suddenly everything's light again. Yeah, and like looking around for the fires that I haven't put out yet. That was really cool to me because it was just like. That that it does that sense of world that I like. Absolutely, one. that I think is one of the successes in world design that this game has over Dark Souls One. Is over Dark Souls, Dark Souls One. Over Dark Souls One. That, of course, in the the global world of that game, I think it felt more connected. But mm. within individual areas, it felt kind of like you do this and you go this way. Here, the individual areas are more open, more Bloodborne-esque in their I do design. like that, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. The places are so huge, and not emptily so, that I think it kind of is a, I don't know if it, a trade-off is the right word, but I think it does the individual areas better than Dark Souls 1 did, if it doesn't do the world as well. I will agree with that, yeah. I, I, I like the individual areas uh, a lot more. I, I, the the way that you move through them is feels very organic, even though sometimes I think you are being kind of guided. Um, you feel like you're making choices, and it's like it, so far, it's been perfect every time. Where there's like a branching path or something like that, and I'm like, okay, I don't know which way to go, and I choose one. And it ends up going a lot farther than I hoped it would because it's like, oh god, I've been away from a bonfire for a long time. It always ends up wrapping back around in some way at the perfect moment yeah, of yeah. like it hasn't been too long or too short it's just been long enough to make me stress the fuck right. out uh, but not frustrated and that's that's really great and that uh, that has stayed true the whole time yeah yeah I, I i so far it's been like that and i i i love that about it and then uh and there's some clever things like the catacombs uh you go down you, you go all the way around and then you realize oh, there's some ledges that I can just drop yeah, down. Yeah. So if I die, there's a shortcut that you didn't even really unlock. It's just kind of something that you would have to really look around for to see from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's cool. Uh, there's been a lot of... The, the, yeah, the individual areas are better. The best in the series, I think. Even better than Bloodborne. Um, I, yeah, I, Bloodborne, I really like the design of it. The first area in Bloodborne, I think, is the high point of the series in level design. But it wasn't able to maintain that level of polish and interconnectedness. Like the yeah. rest of the game wound up being somewhat more linear. That is not the case here. And 
I've played a lot more, and I don't want to keep coming back to that, but it seems like they almost spent their attention in the opposite way that they did in Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1, they clearly started from the early game and polished it, polished it, polished it, and by the end, that just wasn't there. Yeah, sure, yeah. I think that this game improves as it goes on. The okay. areas become significantly more complex and detailed. Um, it, it's just, this is a much more professional game. Like, this feels like a very mature design. Something yeah. that they've, they've figured out how to do this. And it's, it, it's paid off. Yeah, so far I have gotten that impression too, where it's like, this is a polished form of what they're already good at. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, that's... All right. Uh, is there anything more to talk about Firelink in particular, like the NPCs? Um, Firelink, so far specifically, not that I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, so far, uh, as far as the NPCs going, it, I'm still kind of in the process of building them up, and I've kind of seen some interaction between them, kind of, you know, yeah, where you come back and someone's in a different spot and they're saying something different, you're like, and that's really nice. Something weird going it's on nice. here. Yeah, that's that's always cool. Um, there's one in particular spoilers, uh, cause I don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't experienced it, but the, uh, the pilgrimer dude, Yol, yeah. the guy who's going on the pil- pilgrimage Yol of and, he can, and he can transfer his strength to you. Did you, did you do that? I didn't, but I've, I, I, you know, Michael in the chat right now, he's done it. And so I know what it is and how it works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did it a couple of times and I was thinking, this seems like kind of overpowered. Yeah, what's, I'm not spending any catch? souls. What's the catch? I'm leveling up. Yeah, I knew there was a catch. Didn't know what it was. Uh, I go and I level up at the bonfire lady and I run out of souls to use. And I'm like, all right, I might as well go down there and level up again. And he's just dead on the floor. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, I killed him. Um, that, is, that is really cool. Uh, that's the classic kind of Dark Souls thing. Uh, and, and I know there's going to be more stuff like that because I'm already seeing like some of the NPCs. It's like, Oh God! I know that you're going to do something horrible, but I don't know to whom or when. Yeah, uh, and I, I love that. That's, yeah. that's they know that you expect that, but they keep it. I love that they play with your expectations in that way. And uh, definitely, yeah, it, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and the, the little king dude, uh, what is his name? Do you, do you remember the guy on the throne? It begins with an L. Um, I like him a lot. I like his little voice actor and stuff. Like he's, he's good, and it's like he's sinister in a weird way. Yeah, it's like why? He's very weak, but why are you here? And are you really yeah. the real guy? I assume he is, yeah. but it, it just yeah, it's very strange that one of them is just there. <laughs> I assume he has some really really evil motives. I, I don't trust him at all, and yeah, uh, neither do I. It's cool. I like that a lot, and I also don't trust the bonfire lady. Um, yeah, she is. I, okay, I think she's not particularly great, in my opinion. I think as a character, yeah, just or as just well, a, yeah, just no, as a presence so in the game, like yeah, I don't the like abandoned her at all. doll in Bloodborne, like even was cool, yeah, that was cool, especially um the Maiden in Black and Demon Souls, and that sucked. The doll, she sucked. The Maiden in Black, and and, and no, and um no, no that's the Emerald in, in Dark Souls Two. Yeah, I'm talking about wanted... the Maiden in Black in Dark in Demon Souls. Oh, I, I know who that is, but I, yeah, yeah, she I, was I, great. I didn't play through Demon Souls, so I don't know. So, but the one in, I did, I hated the one in Dark Souls. Yeah, too. she was kind of annoying. I hated her more than this one. Still, at least I don't know. I think that they're about equal in terms of personality, but I was just expecting a little more. 
Yeah, from, I liked the doll and yeah. the doll was because there fantastic. Was something weird going on there that I really yeah. liked. Yeah, just immediately uh, like the presentation of all that. The first time you go there, she's lifeless. Yeah, it's back, really cool. And then she's standing and talking to you. It's very well done in Bloodborne. Yeah, and then you find the place in real. Oh god, in the that real was world. great. Like that's so cool. That was um, one of the best moments of that. Yeah, movie. definitely, I agree. Uh, but uh, yeah, this lady. I hope that there's something up with her because. And I'll tell you why I think there is. Uh, you go through, you you buy the key to go through the rest of the area in, in Firelink, like over the bridge and stuff. And uh, if you, there's a really hard to get unlockable or uh, not unlockable pickup, uh, like on one of the little ledges that you have to drop down to get to. And uh, it's it's a firekeeper's robes. Um, and they're dark. They're like black or something. And the description says, uh, firekeepers would be given black robe, or uh, firekeepers who had who took pleasure in the darkness of things wore black robes, or something weird like that, like something kind of sinister. Um, and she's wearing dark clothes, and you find the other firekeeper, and she's wearing light clothes. And so there, there's a deliberate choice there yeah. to give her black clothes, and I don't know what it is. Uh, and then there's like a weird thing where like, you get the other Firelink's soul or Firekeeper's soul, and like she takes it into her own. I I, I hope that there's something there. Um, there there we'll is. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. I, I the mystery so far of that game has been it's really been fun to kind of yeah. Unlock it it the feels like there's and, and, there's and some incredible reality under underneath what you're playing that yeah. you're figuring something yeah. out. There's a mystery, and you're you're getting to the bottom yeah. to it one cryptic step at a time. Cryptic, tremendous, lore. pretty cool. Um, and also, and this is out of nowhere, but I I just remembered. So so far, like one of the coolest things has just been when you first get uh, what do they call it? When you're when you have an ember, um, ashen ember restored. Ember restored. There's like a term for like having kindled kindled anyway. Kindle, yeah. I guess, would be the term for it. Yeah, that's such a cool yes, effect. It is. I it, that, the first time I saw that, I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" Like, it just looks so fucking cool. That, it's that's great. one of the more interesting things that all of these games have, like all of them except for Bloodborne and Dark Souls One, had some kind of subtractive effect on your health. And even Dark Souls One made you hollow. When you didn't have your healing, yeah. and Dark Souls all, One had curse. They all, the curse yeah, yeah. Too. They all subtracted yeah. from you in some way. This game, unless you do the Yol thing and start hollowing like that, then yeah. you're just a regular-looking dude. And the Ember yeah. form that enables PvP and summoning and all that—that that actually makes you start glowing on fire. It adds something. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's cool. it makes you feel like stronger, and it does add add to your health too. I think. Yeah, um, and it feels like unlike with Demon Souls, Demon Souls felt like you were at half health at all times. Yeah. And Dark Souls felt you you were at full health at all times. This time, it feels like you're at full health, but then you can Ember and just be and stronger. Like bonus yeah, not, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't feel like this is the way it should be. It's like this is. Yeah, so be. much of this game just feels balanced in the right way. And and Titanite yeah. is one of the ways I think this game has succeeded greatly. Um, it's yeah. it's carried over 
the mechanic from Bloodborne where you don't have to upgrade your armor, which I think is fantastic. God, yeah, it is like great that. because you can just put on whatever armor you want at any time, and that's that's fantastic. That's beautiful. You shouldn't have to sink Twinkling Titanite, which is a super rare resource in every game, into armor and then you know lose it if you ch- decide to change to something else. Here, you can put on whatever you want just based on how it looks or its stats at any time. Bloodborne, you yeah. could do that, but they were all kind of just clothy things. This game, the armor is diverse and cool and... And I'm switching armor depending on like what I'm yeah. fighting and like what area I'm in. And you I'm just have the stuff, freedom to do cool. that. Weapons yeah. you can upgrade and f- become attached to, but even then, they've greatly increased the amount of Titanite in general that is dropped. Yeah. And that is also fantastic because it means yeah. you don't have to lock into one weapon. You can just sink Titanite into stuff and try other things out, and it's. I still feel a great. little bit locked in. Like, like I didn't upgrade until I found a weapon I was happy with. And now I kind of feel you'll, you'll feel less like, locked well, in. I don't want to have to upgrade another one. Because they, they increase yeah, I, I figure I will. as you move on. Of course, whatever like new tier of Titanite that you need to push it to the next level is going to be rare still. Yeah. But they make the older tiers, like the regular Titanite I've, shards, they make those more common. So yeah, in the last hour or so, I've been picking up a ton yeah, of Titanite. Yeah, so, so you yeah. can bring your yeah exactly. They make it feel like okay, if you want to push weapons to the next level, you're going to need to make a careful decision. But if you just mm-hmm. want to bring a weapon up to par, that's easy. And that is the perfect yeah. way to balance weapon upgrades. Yeah, it's that's uh, very very well done, and uh, I I think it's really interesting the the idea of like like you said where in Demon Souls you're always at half health. You always felt like you weren't as good as you could be. That's a deliberate choice. I don't necessarily think that's a bad choice. It's frustrating, but it kind of it's just supposed a different choice. Yeah, um, but that but it speaks to the way that they've kind of gone a completely different direction thematically and how you're supposed to feel with Dark Souls 3 where it's like Dark Souls 3 is playing off of that I'm a badass kind mm-hmm. of feeling that you get when you finally beat a boss in, in any of the games um, but it, I think it kind of takes it takes it not to a new level but it takes it to a, an extent where it's like constant even when you're not beating a hard boss yeah. it's like you always feel good more so um, I, than any of these other games yeah. it feels like the world is dying yeah, it feels like everything's over. This is the end. I think Dark Souls One did a pretty good job of that. I, I don't know. Um, I think this is even better at that specifically, it, especially in the way it's able to play off of the the older games material, and a lot of that yeah. you haven't encountered yet. I mean, Dark Souls One felt like a world that had already kind of died, um, but this one, yeah, with the with the whole first area being like covered in ash and all that stuff, it definitely has. I, we'll see. I, I know that there's more to come. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I definitely want to explore this world yes. more than I think God. I have with any other right? any of the other games. Um, so, yeah. Dark Souls 2, I never got the fact <laughs> that I wanted to explore the world. God, what a Oh, shit, what comes next? Um, uh, Mud Hill. That... It's, it's the lava level. That's <laughs> what it is. Uh, yeah, that, that shit was annoying. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's see. I want to talk let's about, talk about bosses. Yeah, I was about to say, let's talk about bosses. Yeah. Bosses, I think, are consistently the best. And obviously, you haven't gotten to the one I'm talking about. But I think that the best boss is the best there ever was. Like, 
the the bosses in this game are the best in the series. And I believe that because I've already, I mean, some of them have already been. I think the the uh, the Abyss Watchers have been like they're definitely up there with, in like the top five like coolest bosses. Oh, yeah. uh, conceptually, they're probably my favorite. Just the whole like eternally fighting yeah. thing is fucking awesome idea. I love that. Uh, but uh, it, so. I beat on my first try. I beat the first two bosses, and what's the third boss? There's Eudex Gunder. There's the um, Vort of the Boreal Valley, yeah. and then there's the tree. Oh yeah, the tree. Yeah. The tree so far has been the worst boss, and <sighs> even that was still fine. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Like, yeah. Kind of whatever. He was. Uh, he was not a bad boss. He was not even no. just an okay boss. He was an interesting boss, but just it, not as good as the rest. He would have been a bad boss if he was super hard. Yeah. But right. He was tough, but not like ridiculously hard. You just kind of have to figure out, like, okay, here, here's what I do. Um, yeah. Exactly. And uh, and it's cool that like you drop down into the pit. By the way, did you get to that pit before the boss fight? No. Oh my god. So Can you? I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna flat out tell you. Just tell me. Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's an area in the undead village where, like you know the part where like all the things are on the roof with the blow darts and it's yeah. really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go up on one of the roof the the roofs and you, or you either go up over the roof or like around the house, I don't remember. It's kind of a hidden area, and there's it's the first time I came across one. One of those guys that walks with the saws, um, and holds it with both hands. He's got a cage on his back, and I kind of walk towards him. And I'm kind of trying to avoid him because he looks like a really tough enemy at that point. Like I hadn't seen one before, and uh, and he's not attacking me. And I'm like I'm kind of in a corner where he's coming closer to me, but he's not attacking me. And he's like he gets to the point where he's kind of right next to me, and he's a, he's clearly an enemy because like I can lock <laughs> on and everything, but he's not attacking me. And he turns around and starts walking away. And I walk up to him to backstab him, and a prompt shows up. And I forgot what the prompt said, but I pressed I pressed A or B or whatever. And I got in the cage on his back. Oh. And he walks off with me just in the cage. It's really weird. And That's then, cool. And then he dumps you into that pit. And there's a whole pile. If you look at the back of the pit, there's a whole pile oh, of yeah, yeah. cages. And so he dumps you in there. And there's a guy down there. And he's kind of crazy. And he laughs a lot. And he talks about, he talks about like, uh, he's a covenant. He's one of the covenants. And, really? And he's talking about like, being crazy and how hollowed ho- being hollow makes you mad and that kind of thing and and it's some kind of pvp covenant where it's like is that where you get the mad phantom thing yeah i guess so. i've seen mad phantoms around and i don't have that's that's probably what it is because like i'm i'm a mad phantom i guess because i've i've got whatever he gives you are you purple um probably i i haven't i haven't i haven't invaded anyone um but yeah, oh, I, I have, and that <laughs> I need oh, to. God, I'm glad you reminded me because we got to talk about the that. The PvP so far has been fantastic in my, oh, yeah. in my experience. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, that's that was just really cool, and uh, yeah, I, it was really cool when I when the, when you drop down in the boss fight, and I realize I'm in the same spot, and I'm like, oh, here's where I was. That was that was neat. Um, but yeah, uh, so lots of cool little secrets like that are, are really fun. Um, but yeah. yeah, the boss fights, God, they 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 have been pretty good. Um, the first two, the first one especially was really good. The second one was whatever; it was a boss fight, uh, and the third one was whatever; it was a boss fight. And then uh, I don't know, maybe maybe you consider it a spoiler, but it's it's probably a good feeling to know that they stay good. Yeah, because the, these yeah. games they don't stay good for the most part. 
Even Demon yeah. Souls didn't. Yeah, uh, Dark Souls. I think Dark Souls gets a little more criticism, more criticism than I think it might maybe deserves about the late game. For me, the late game flew by pretty quickly, um, and I liked Interlando as a as an area, and I liked uh, what's the library? Uh, Duke's Archives. Yeah, Duke's, like Duke's Archives, Archives is cool. And 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 those are two major areas that people consider the last half of the game being the bad part. But those are two of my favorite areas in Dark Souls. It's the it's the it's the Lost Isolate and stuff. But that's the flew by right. for me. I had no problem with any of it. Like I I wasn't running into issues with it. Yeah, but it was still outstandingly it. bad. It was well. It was outstandingly mediocre. It no. was totally forgettable. Yeah. I didn't think it was that bad. Was the whatever. second the second that I started running across solid lava and that's what you're supposed to do i was like okay this is stupid this is really stupid and then when i rounded the corner and there's a bunch of dragon butts just standing there yeah i I thought this is this is one of the dumbest things i've ever seen or at least comparatively to the rest of the game like whatever i i didn't i I didn't hate it. Like, I, if I had been frustrated with that area and it was a stupid area, then maybe I would have hated it. But like, I just went through it and had no problem with it and forgot about it pretty pretty promptly. I thought it was cool too. If you if you look at uh, when I realized, and I think it took like some research to, to finally find this out, but I was trying to figure out. You go through the catacombs. I'm talking about Dark Souls One. You go through the catacombs and you kind of come to like an open area underground. Yeah, and you can see like what looks like a man-made structure of like a dome or whatever, and that yes. is yeah, yeah. that is the is that where ceiling. Pinwheel is? Yeah, it's after Pinwheel. Yeah, and okay. that's the ceiling of Lost Isolith. And if you look up, you can see the same oh, shape. Oh, okay, no, no, I know what you're talking about. When you can see out, you're in the the I forget what it's called. It's like the, right after it's the, like the dark area. Yeah, um, yeah, the that's giant what I'm about. something. I don't know. Yeah, and then you can see out. It's almost Grave like a balcony. Giants. Grave of the Giants. Um, but yeah, when, when the, I think it took a video that like, tomb, someone, someone took like a 3d Legends. model of the dark souls world, which is fucking incredible to see like how interconnected it all is yeah. and how it's designed and how like it's all leveled and everything. And that made me appreciate it a little more because it was like, that's it's like actually the, at that place. Yeah. And it's the kiln of the world uh, of dark souls. And just like, it had an importance that. I would have been easy to miss. Um, yeah, absolutely. And and it, it wasn't given its its due as as an important thing, but as far as like design goes and everything. But I didn't hate it. But anyway, whatever. Enough about Dark Souls One. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dark Souls Three. Well, those comparisons keep coming up because should, this yeah. game lives up to that. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. And you know, people. Some people became skeptics, rightfully so, of this series when they play Dark Souls 2. And I wasn't one of them, but I'm glad that I'm sort of vindicated for not being skeptical. I never felt like... I was not nervous about Dark Souls 3. I knew it would be good. Yeah. I, I thought maybe it would be a little bit disappointing, but not to the level of Dark Souls 2, and like, whatever. I knew it would be good. Kai Tulao in the chat, I am in the secret area right now. All right. <laughs> um. Um, PvP. I want to talk about okay. that. This will be the best PvP experience in yeah. any of these games for many reasons. One is just that it works. It works quickly, perfectly, and immediately. Um, I did summons with other people. I didn't summon myself, but I put my white sign down 
And that worked almost immediately. Someone pulled me into their world and it just worked. That was within seconds. And I tried the password system, which they introduced in Bloodborne, but I could just never get it to work. Yeah. It's still, I could just never find games. And even when we had the same passwords, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. And it was really frustrating. And then even when I would get into a game, the netcode was terrible. This, I put my password down. My buddy put his password in. I put my sign down. And just immediately, he's like, oh, I see it. He summons me in. That's and nice. That that has been my experience with every time I've tried to do this. I have had so I was, and I guess I'll talk about the boss too. I I did summon for the skeleton boss because I was like, fuck it, I just want to get through this. Um, Pussy boy. Yeah, and uh, and I was how, having. How issues. did you need a summon for that? I I you don't see, I don't think I needed one. Bracelets. I died twice, and I said, all right, fuck it, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'll tell you why, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, so the summon signs. A lot of them were failing instantly for no reason. I guess people were getting to them first, maybe. But like they'd show up, and I'd run over to one and, and press summon, mm-hmm. and it would go because summon failed instantly. And I was like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Um, but maybe it was just a high demand area or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I did get I did get summons pretty much without problem pretty quickly in that area, so uh, it, it worked fine. Uh, the reason I summoned, I want to talk about this boss. I don't think he's a good boss. High Lord Wolnir. Yeah. I think he is. Uh, so I I figured out extremely quickly to, to attack his bracelets. That much is very obvious. Um, they're glowing, and all the signs around the area say, look for the bracelet or whatever. Hit the rings. Or, um, and so conceptually, that wasn't the problem. Then he spits his little mist, and that kills me like pretty much instantly and i was like okay that killed me the first time but you just run up yeah so that killed me the first time and then i was like okay i I can avoid that and i ran up after he spit his mist and then he does the crawl forward thing and i attacked his wrist a couple times and then he did the mist again so i ran up and he crawled forward twice and then i found i was at a wall to my back and i'm like okay i can't run up anymore uh and so now I'm just having to dodge his attacks, and I'm attacking his wrists. But they're kind of glitching through the wall, especially on his right hand. And I'm going, well, what the fuck is going on? I can't even hit it because it's inside the wall. And then he does this, he spits his mist. And I'm going, well, what the fuck? I can't go anywhere. I can't go up anymore. And I died, and I was just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever had to fucking do. I, I, I suppose. But for me, the, I fought him three times. The third time, I killed him right when he was at the top. Like, it was spaced and paced perfectly so that that's where I was at the end. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, if I don't end this now, I'm dead because there's nowhere left to go. Yeah. But I guess I can see that if you're not – if you're doing it slightly slower, then you'll get to this so, stupid place where you're still alive, but, you know, there's well, nothing Well, that's what it felt like. What it felt like was like, okay, I can see that this boss is like – has a pacing to it, has a timing kind of thing to it, where, like, that's the end of the line and you're going to die if you spend too long up there. Uh, I think it would have been cooler, though, if it was an endless slope. Maybe. I think that would have been um, I, more interesting. It would have been interesting if if, if they're gonna, if you're going to make the slope end. The, the biggest problem was just that, so he, his right hand with the ring on it, he would either have it so far back that it's in the mist, so you die, you're dying when you're trying to hit it, or he attacks and it goes forward and it was glitching through. Maybe this was just a really unlucky thing and maybe it doesn't happen every time, but it was glitching through a rock where I couldn't hit it. I was just hitting the rock. And I was like, 
I can't hit this ring, and and then I died, and that sucked. And the skeletons start to come, and so even if you could hit it, it's like there's fucking skeletons everywhere, and they're the powerful ones that do a shit ton of damage. And that was just, I, I just didn't even want to deal with it anymore. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're just bad. Maybe I, I actually think I beat him. I might have beaten him without a summon, actually. Uh, or I summoned no, I, someone and they died instantly. I don't know. I, I definitely. Beat I can him. understand that. I definitely beat him under tense circumstances where I was like, "Oh God, he's going to get up against the wall again." But I think I figured out where, like, it seems to me like if you don't if you don't pull back too much when he does the mist and everything, he won't do the crawl forward. Like if you if you rush yeah, forward, he won't. Yeah, do you want to stay on like the edge of it. So that that gives you a little more time, but then the skeletons start to come. And then he pulls out the little sword thing, and when he has the sword, it's impossible to hit his ring. Like, it never comes down to the ground enough for you to, to hit his ring, and so that was frustrating, and it was just... But none of, nothing about that boss was good to me. I, I hated well, everything about it. <laughs> I did not hate everything about it. I, I, I will admit that while I was playing it, and when I beat him, I remembered thinking, that was great for me, but... If I hadn't played it at exactly that speed, it would have gotten really, really stupid at the end. Yeah. And so, yeah, that turned out being true for you. And, this are not and, sorry, but the presentation of that boss was fantastic. Yeah, it was the, really cool. The cutscene that leads into yeah. it, and he's right up in your face, just out of nowhere. Yeah. God, that was... You're right. Superb. I'd actually like completely forgotten about that because because everything after it was so bad for me. Uh which I hate. Like I I do think that it's a situation where it's kind of like the the same thing with the the Abyss Walker or, or Watchers. Um you if you don't if it doesn't happen the way that it's designed to happen, you're gonna have a really bad time. And not in a way that's like I, I never yeah, felt it's like, not like frustrating, but persevere kind of. Yeah, hard. it's not like okay, I guess I need to do it this way. Then it's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's like, well, I guess I have to. With the Abyss Watchers, it was especially annoying because, like I said, that second one never attacked the first one for me, and and so I was just getting attacked by two for most of the time, and it, it felt like I was just getting unlucky half the time that I would die, and that that always sucks because you don't want luck to be any factor in, in a Dark Souls game. But, I guess uh, I mean that that is true of any boss fight where presentation is important. You have to let players beat them quick enough so that the presentation isn't lost on them. Like I was um I was revisiting Mother 3 and I won't spoil the ending boss fight there, but I um I used some like speed up things in the emulator to mm-hmm. see just see what happens if you waited long enough and something bad happened. And I, I, it takes a while, and I realized that if you died in this fight, it would totally ruin the moment. Right. It would be utterly lost. But the fight is balanced in a way such that if you're an attentive human being with a pulse, you could never fuck it up. Yeah. So but that's not the way that these pulses. Right. Right. Exactly. So this isn't just requiring a bare minimum from you. It actually requires attention and skill and proficiency in dodging and doing the right thing. And so when that's the case, I think presentation can often be lost. Like the presentation is strongest when I think you die about three or four times. 
Depending on the ball, sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, unless it's a super difficult one where you yeah. can ram your head up against um, it. Because, like, or, like, let's take Ornstein and Smell for, for an example. They, the, the, for me, and for most people, I think, hardest boss in Dark Souls. Uh, they, they are the hardest boss in Dark Souls history for me. Yeah. Because uh, that was the first game I played, and they were the hardest boss in there, and I nothing actually, since has been that difficult. The, that was the the peak of the difficulty the, curve. The gargoyles me. are actually the, the boss that I had the most difficulty in because I didn't know See, how to play I the See, I keep telling game. you, you're just bad. No, I, I, I have no idea how to play the game. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know you could use your shield to block fire or anything. So I was just trying to... I was just ramming my head against a wall with the gargoyles. I was also playing them probably way before I should have been because you don't have to fight them. I was just stubborn. But, um, yeah, and so the, the thing about both of those fights, actually is that you've got two enemies attacking you, but their attack patterns are built in such a way that you can usually isolate one for long enough to get a hit in, and you're not going to get fucked by just being unlucky. And that's not how the Abyss Watchers, Walker, Abyss Watchers, Walkers, what are they, Watchers? I, I disagree about the Abyss Watchers. I, just, I think I, they are totally manageable. All you have to do is run away. I, I that just wasn't my experience. I, now maybe granted, I probably wasn't using all the arena space because I had a shit ton of souls that I didn't want to lose, and I was trying to stay near the entrance because it throws you right in, like next right. to him. So if the souls were on the other end and I got really unlucky with both of them hitting me at the same time or something, I might not even make it to my souls. So I was kind of gimping myself a little bit there, but um, I just I just had a bad experience with them, and I I don't blame myself for that one. Well, um, don't worry, I blame you. Okay. And I also don't blame myself for the skeleton thing either because that I just, don't blame you for. Yeah, that that was fucked. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It it, it, it yeah, it, it that one felt unfinished to me. And then like part of this was just me probably looking for reasons to hate him because I was already frustrated about the ring getting in the rock and all that shit. But like, if you watch the sword in his hand when he pulls out the sword, it's like totally fucked up and glitchy and not even in his hand. Like, the animations were all weird. Maybe he's just fucked up for me and no one else. I don't know. Because I... Well, I it was yeah. all weird. I mean, the weird non-manageable size bosses in all these games, they kind of break down once you start examining them too closely. Yeah. And but for the most part, I don't th- like those that's boss the thing. fights. Uh, like, what boss fights in particular? But ones that are so big that, like... Let's ignore Dark Souls 2's Ancient Dragon. What what do you have in mind? Um, so the, for example, just in Dark Souls 3 alone, the the big tree dude. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not a terrible boss, but there were some moments where it was like the the animations are like, you feel like you're getting stuck in a weird animation and shit, or like you're getting pulled in a weird way that like doesn't quite make sense just because it's such a huge boss, it's impossible to fight right and then like you you're, you never have the full boss in your camera and even the first boss as much as i liked the first boss the the growth <laughs> is so huge that it's hard to tell what the fuck is going on it's in your face you don't know what part of it hurts you and what part doesn't it, it blocks the camera in a lot of cases it, that's always been an issue with these games um no a big deal for me that's one I, of the other things i want to mention the camera is much, better. much better. It is, yeah. I don't exactly know how, but... It's lower. It's lower in the boss fights. 
uh, for it? the big ones. I, 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 okay. I mean, that's my assumption because that's what it seems like. That's like that's like the first thing I noticed fighting the first bosses when, when he sprouted into the larger thing. It felt like the camera got like super low, and that helps yeah. a lot. Just uh, overall, it feels like the camera is, is solid now. Um. Yeah. I, I don't it, have a problem with the camera anymore. The camera and like just a lot of the jankiness that's always been a thing with the series with like weird lock on and that kind of thing. Uh, right. That's right. all seems like it's been improved uh, at least slightly. But uh. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I and and I'm I'm still not ruling out that it. I I'm serious about it possibly being my game because I've had so God. Uh, talk about first impressions. So I didn't have the bonfire glitch, or I thought I didn't have the bonfire glitch. Oh, shit. Okay, we got to talk about this. Yeah. I got through the first two bonfires. I got through Firelink Shrine completely. No issues. Except for audio you, issues. I guarantee you I have the worst experience uh, possible I, with this. I was having this, I was having, like, the audio was blowing out and, like, didn't want to play more than a few channels at a time, I guess. Because, like, I say I'd light a bonfire and it plays that kind of musical bit. Yeah. Uh, it would play that and everything else would get really low in volume and like kind of like fuzzy and then it would re stuff would like restart like the, the ambient noise would restart you could like hear it restarting from the beginning and shit weird stuff like that updating my drivers fixed it thank god uh and then i got to when i got to the the first big area after firelink uh i got through two of the bonfires there and i got all the way around and i was at very low health had a ton of souls for from early game, and I I got found the shortcut elevator, and I was going up to the bonfire again, and that's when I got the crash. And luckily, I could reload and keep my souls, but um, I it, that was frustrating. And I I was gonna wait for the patch, but then when I heard all you have to do is turn the lighting to low, I just fixed it that way. So, what's well, your experience? My experience is I had the common issues that many people have had, which is when you approach a bonfire, you crash. Yeah, you either um, approach if, it if or your lighting is not set to low. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, I, I looked up, and you set your lighting to low, and it fixes it. The, pro- the Part of the problem is that if you don't remember to change it back when you relaunch the game, it doesn't save that you set it to it low, which is very, weird. very strange. Yeah. But, um, so... That was one thing, a minor annoyance. But today, I'll say mine. I, I have to mention mine was more than a minor annoyance because it would, at least the first time, it froze the entire computer. Couldn't all tab. That, couldn't that happened to me too. That happened to me too. Yeah. Uh, so that was fucked. Like I, when games do that, I get so fucking <laughs> mad. It's like this should not happen. Yep. Um, but anyway, go on. Well, my thing was I was fighting a very difficult and intense late game boss. And there are very fancy lighting effects. Oh no, really? And I had been trying it several times. And I had him almost dead. And then freeze. Dark Souls 3.exe has crashed. And god fucking damn it. Like... I'll tell you something I was that, really mad. I'll tell you <laughs> I was something, really mad. I'll tell you something that I think I think is even more frustrating because it seems like a deliberate choice. Uh, so yesterday I was playing, and luckily I was in a totally safe area, and I got kicked out of the game because it says Steam, 
uh, it cannot connect to Steam servers. And, you know, Steam just goes down all the yeah. fucking time. Uh, apparently, you cannot continue playing the game if the servers are down. You might be able to restart an offline mode. That's, That's bad. I didn't even try, but it boots you out. Uh, That's really bad. It's fucking terrible. And, and, and I mentioned it on Twitter, and someone responded and said, yeah, same thing just happened to me. I was about to beat a boss. And it's like, <sighs> why the fuck does that need to be a, a thing? Like, it, that shouldn't happen. And, like, so if you're not in a boss, it's at least not so bad because... You can start again. It, it restarts right there. you exactly where yeah. you were. But in a boss... Ugh. And there's Especially no the boss that I was fighting. Yeah. I finally wound up beating him, but I was furious. And I kind of, I don't know, I, I'm usually willing to shrug off and work around PC glitches. I'm used to them over many, many years of playing games on the computer. Well, this one's bad. I mean, uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. But I'm just used to it by now. And so I, I get when a game crashes, and I know it sucks, but it's part of playing a game on a computer. But it, it really got to me. Like, I, I was totally willing to just brush it off until then. Yeah. I, 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 I can't didn't... describe. I can't fucking describe. Yeah. Dude, that was terrible. I, I totally believe you, and I... I... I disagree. Like, it's not like when it's a crash like this that's happening to a lot of people. It's very consistent and reproducible. I, I, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be in a release right. game. Period. Especially, uh, I, especially in one that they gave to fifty million fucking people week before it came out. Yes. What the fuck? Jesus Christ! If anything should not have survived that process, it's this specifically. Yeah. Totally. Uh. Yeah. Crazy. Fucking crazy, and it was happening with the pre-release builds too. Because I I went back and I I was uh, watching a video about it. So, what the fuck? Come on, <laughs> I couldn't. You know, I couldn't even notice a difference. I was in Firelink, and you know how the, like the fire it casts light on the walls and everything. Yeah. While I was trying to fix the problem, I was turning the lighting down. And one of the cool things about this game is that you can still see the game while you change settings, and you can oh, see really? them change in real time. Like, on the that. edges of the screen. Yeah. And so I was paying attention, and then I, like, exited the menu and tried to see what the real difference was. And I I could not tell a difference between max quality lighting and low. Maybe there is no difference. I mean, maybe that's the glitch. <laughs> maybe it's trying to do something it can't. Uh, it's just so weird. It, but that is obviously still better than uh, the original Dark Souls 1 PC release. Oh, but, the games for Windows Live, yeah. But Dark Souls 2 still did it well. Yeah. Bloodborne had some issues, but... Well, Bloodborne's I, not PC. Yeah, but oh, God. still had issues. That's another thing. <laughs> so, back on the Firelink thing, the way the game is structured on a basic level is that you'll be returning to Firelink a lot. You go there to level up, among many other things. You did that in Bloodborne 2, and when Bloodborne came out, the load times were agonizing. Now, it was they like took, unacceptably They bad, took yeah. 45 seconds to a minute to load the game, and it was just Fucking a ridiculous. blank screen that said Bloodborne, and that was it. And, oh my god, it was mind-numbing. And they patched it, but it still takes about 30 seconds. Ugh. It's very long load times in that game. I don't play this game on consoles, 
but I know a lot of people are playing. I've heard on it's consoles. pretty. I've heard it's pretty quick on consoles. It's pretty quick. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, but still, one of the things that makes the the warping back to Firelink design acceptable is that it it takes place in three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's you know I've, I've got it installed on a solid state drive, so I don't know if that helps. But yeah, uh, I never like hesitate before traveling or anything because it's yeah. just so yeah. so fast. So that's that that is nice. Uh, it that, would be it was stupid it, in Bloodborne. Exactly in Bloodborne, totally you said you never hesitated. Oh man, I would hesitate. In Bloodborne, I would, yeah. I would Bloodborne, think. Hmm. I think this is a good time to take a piss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Bloodborne, like I lost a lot of. What were they in Bloodborne? I forgot. The souls. They uh, were um, blood. 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 Uh, I lost blood a lot of echoes. That. Blood echoes. I, I lost That's a it. lot of blood echoes. They're souls. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I lost They're a souls. ton of souls from from getting to a lamp and saying. I don't want to go back to the fucking hub, so I'm just going to keep going. Right, and that's fucked up. Like, <laughs> just because of the loading screen, and then and then like I remember I was having issues with the first area in Bloodborne. I remember having discussing it on the podcast of like, apparently I was one of the only ones really having as much issues as I was, but I think I was kind of using a weapon. Well, you're just bad. Using and I was just bad, I guess. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was having I was I was struggling there, and the loading screen made it so much worse because every time I die, I was just like, well, here I go. I had to like sit back and wait for uh, God. That was unacceptable. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's really bad that they get released that way, but, uh, hopefully they'll get patched out. Uh, cause that's, that's probably like my biggest complaint against the game right now. It's definitely my biggest complaint against the game right now is, is just the technical issues. Um, Oh yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. And that's why the game is, uh, suffering from a pretty low steam rating right now. Sure. I checked the negative reviews and, all of them are about technical issues. Yeah, and I mean, I can't, I can't fault I don't people blame for. Them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the. You know, if you can't play the game, that's a bad review. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fucking that sucks. Uh, whew, all right. You know, uh, and, and a lot of this stuff, only time will tell how good it is. But so far for me, it's been I've super had, consistently yeah, great. I've had the impression of like. Like Dark Souls One's online scene, and even I mean, even single player scene lasted. All, I mean, it's still going on. People are still playing through that game, uh, and I've already had the feeling. And I'm talking. This is still very early game for me, like six to eight hours in. I've already had the feeling multiple times. Like, oh man, I'd love to try doing this with a different class. With like, yeah, a, I, I, I'm playing a. Me too. Me I'm, too. I'm playing a mostly strength based, but pretty even, uh, totally physical build. Yeah, I'm going quality no magic. build. Personally, uh, so I, I'd be very interested to go through as like a pyromancer or something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it seems like there's a lot more spells and stuff to buy and unlock. Yeah. And, and they added magic, a magic meter back from Demon Souls. Yeah. Now you also use magic. weapon arts from yeah, there. Yeah, we didn't yeah, even mention that. That's a pretty. It's big, cool. I haven't used it a lot just because I'm not used to it. I haven't it. used it much either, but I just started to now. Yeah. Just because of how difficult some of the bosses are getting, and. It's it's just cool that you now have this finite meter that you can spend a little bit of to just get a slightly more optimal punish yeah. on a boss's pause. Like uh, I can do two fifty damage here instead of one ninety. And that's not just the only like like it, it, all the weapons have like depending on the weapon type have different special oh, yeah. abilities, yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of them are pretty interesting and, and yeah. I think are going to apply to PvP in a really interesting way. Like there are things uh, that we're not used to using, but. They're part of the game. Yeah, uh, 
the there's like a scythe, I think, or it looks kind of like a scythe. It's a sickle, I guess, um, where you use that to like get behind the other person really quickly or something to like try to backstab them. And like I can see that being a thing in, in PvP for sure. And uh, and then like most of the weapons for the special ability, it's just a shield break, which yeah, that's the perfect addition to Dark Souls because like it's kind of easy if you've got a, if you've got a ton of armor and a great shield and poise. To just block everything, Tank stuff, uh, yep. and that's and always the kick been... isn't usually the best way. Yeah, to deal it's with hard it. to kick, and it never. And I think I feel like the kick is worse in Dark Souls Three than it's ever been. But that's kind of so. okay because you've got the shield break. I, I haven't been able to use the kick effectively. I I, I've, I, I use the kick more really than I, I have haven't used ever. It. Like shielded enemies seem to be more vulnerable because okay, the people in Anor Orlando, the, not the people, but the massive golems with the yeah. shields. You can't kick them. Yeah, and, sure. You know, there's either tiny shield people that you can just wait for an opening, or there's huge shield people that you can't do anything right. about. This game has more like mid-size, much bigger than you enemies that you can kick and find an opening through that. Like the kick, I found is consistently more useful. In I guess I just haven't had to use it yet. Really, uh, there's only one enemy. There's a. There's a. Uh, I think it was an NPC. I don't think it was a player. Uh, there was an invasion enemy that had a big ass shield and a lot of poise, and uh, I got yeah. fucked by him. And I probably should have tried kicking because uh, I you know, was getting destroyed. We should we should PvP, and yeah, you know, be fun. one of the cool things about this game, and I looked this up to make sure it was true because I heard it through the grapevine, and I needed to confirm it. It scales stats down to whoever oh, the. Lo- okay. So anyone of any level can just, like, if you put your password in, you can just play with each other, that's and a, you're on equal playing field. That's a Dark Souls 2 thing, I think. I think Dark Souls 2 no. did that. No, Dark Souls 2 had soul memory. And it was but a didn't it also super scale? finicky thing. No. No. Chat confirmed that, because I, like, specifically remember that being a thing. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um... I mean, maybe it did, but I yeah, this Souls time it's a workable solution. I liked um, it too because it worked, but even then it was still worse than this game. In yeah, that game, you put your sign down, and then it was usually about like a forty-five second window oh, before sure, yeah, someone yeah, could pick it up. So this time it is like instant almost. Um, yeah, I've had some pretty good. So like, I, I've only had actually a few player encounters, but uh, the first one kind of sucks because it was I was already being invaded by an NPC who was a magic caster. And then a player invades two, and so they just gang up on me. And as he's doing, uh, like I felt like I could take him one v one pretty easily, but then I was just getting fucked by magic from off screen, and that sucked. Uh, and then the second one was in the catacombs. Someone invaded me, and I don't think they had any idea what they were doing. I completely destroyed them. Uh, the catacombs is a fun place to invade. I, that I was bet. one of the first places I. That was I think the first place I got invaded just because I wasn't in Ember form very much. Yeah. And me and that guy, we were fighting in that first little square space that you go into, mm-hmm. and we were both essing a lot. And yeah. And then he ran away, and I chased him all around the bridges, and then we went into that space, and then I chased him to the ed- edge of this um, ledge, and then he fell off, and I fell off trying to attack him, and we both died. <laughs> But I won. <laughs> it was great. Like, That's how I beat uh, that really hard katana dude next to the Firewing Shrine. Oh, um, yeah. I was, I was, before I even went to the first area, I was trying to kill him just because I'm stubborn. Right. And I was getting fucked because he, like, he will do, like, six fast attacks with that thing that just destroy you. And uh, 
and I couldn't figure out what the fuck to do to beat him. And uh, and finally, I just kind of was fighting him near a ledge and uh, kept kicking him and stuff. I guess that is like pretty much the only time I've used kick because I definitely kicked him off the ledge. But I also went off the ledge with him. But <laughs> but he went off first, so I came back and his stuff was waiting for me there on the ledge. <laughs> so I'll count that as a win, even though I probably only took down about ten percent of his health. Uh, yeah. When did you kill? Did you kill him at the beginning? Because I know like I killed the him werewolf the and beginning. Bloodborne, so I figured yeah, I figured you would kill him too. I killed the werewolf and Bloodborne my first fucking yeah, try. Yeah, yeah, I remember watching. I went out there with my fists and you were real proud of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, fucking. Good game. What else? A really is good game. To say about it. Uh, I don't think there's much to say more. We well, they're probably about is, an hour but, and a half. Uh, yeah. But what I'd like to do is to do an after show, and this is how I'd like to do it. And maybe you don't have time, but I would like to stream on both our Twitches, and you know, people can go to one or the other depending on what part of the game they want to look at, and we just continue to talk about it. Okay. Well, we can PvP too. Though. I think we should PvP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll destroy me, but. Uh... <laughs> well, well, maybe not because it's yeah, scales. It scales yeah, but you'll, you're still probably a lot better than I am. But whatever. Um, yeah. All right. Well, guys. I'm down for that. Thanks for listening to Push to Show. Oh, I have one more thing. That's okay, not go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I guess news. Uh, Mirror's Edge Two. There's some footage of that out right now. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know when it's getting released, but they're having a. This is weird. It's a single player game. They're having a beta period where like you can play like the first few hours of the game and a single player, like a single player beta. It's it's a marketing thing, I think. But um, it it actually seems pretty cool. I I okay. it's different. It's open world, uh, which I think a lot of people are gonna hate. Uh, it's Metal Gear Solid Five kind of turned me off to open they've world. They've turned it. They've turned it into a bit of a. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five is a great comparison, actually. Like where Metal Gear Solid Five was linear, a story kind of thing. Now, and and then in five, it opened up to an open world, and then like you're buying unlocks and that kind of thing. That seems kind of the direction that they're going with Mirror's Edge, where it's like you're unlocking certain abilities and stuff. Uh, I actually think that that's fine, but. Uh, people really, really cherish the first game, so I think it's going to make a ton of people really mad. <laughs> and I understand that, but I disagree. I, I think it's fine. One of the things I didn't like about what like the pre-release press for that is they said, um, well, people had a problem with combat in the first Mirror's Edge. So we, and I was expecting the end of that sentence to be like... So we removed it, <laughs> but it was actually, so we made it better and you know, that's fine, but that game doesn't need combat. It just doesn't, it doesn't need it. I think the part, the parkour was, was everything. Yes. But I don't think you can make that kind of game without combat or anything. Uh, and I sell it for can. $60 on today's market. Well, that, that's, that's true. Kind of from a me. market perspective, you can't. But from a making a good game perspective, you should and can. Yeah, if you made like a $40 game or something like that, I just, I, yeah, it, it would be very, very, very hard to sell a game without combat that's parkour only, that's $60. Like that's, that's insanity, and I don't even know if I would enjoy that because I feel like I would get really tired of the... Like the parkour needs to be an element of the gameplay, not 
the entire gameplay unless it's super, super, super uh, uh, fleshed out, which would be a different game than what Mirror's Edge was. Because Mirror's Edge, I mean, the parkour stuff was great, especially for its time, but it wasn't enough to be a game on its own, I don't think. I, I don't know. Maybe at the time. But now, I don't think so. There's enough games that do interesting traversing and stuff that you would have to you'd have to make a completely different kind of game, which would be cool, but maybe it wouldn't be Mirror's Edge 2. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I think the combat's probably fine. It doesn't look like they've... A lot of people were afraid that they would go like... You can shoot guns, more guns now. Uh, and I don't think they're It's doing like that. Mirror's Edge with guns. Yeah, I mean, Mirror's Edge, you can shoot guns, but yeah. yeah uh, I, I think that they've kind of kept the idea of, like, you go and you beat the shit out of people, which I, it's fun if it's done well, and I don't know. I can't tell if it's done well or not. I haven't watched very much of it or anything, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, that's my opinion on it. I think it looks fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't clamoring for a Mirror's Edge sequel. A lot of people were, but I got Mirror's Edge 1 was great. It was satisfying in its And I don't think it needs a sequel. Uh, but I love the thing the thing that's so good about those games is the the art style. I love that. Like the, the clean city look. Uh, I think that looks yes. really cool. Dice does a really good job with like their engine and everything. They're really bringing out like a really, really cool uh, environment with that. But anyway. Let's, let's go play Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3, people. So on twitch.tv slash salt or what did you Skippy Sigmatic. Skippy Sigmatic. I didn't know if there was a V in there. Might be Sigmatic Skippy. I think it's Skippy Sigmatic. But tune in, people, and, and thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Good night.